0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 279. I am super sick, so hopefully, I can get through the podcast okay. I'm also recording somewhere slightly different, though it should be quiet enough that you guys don't hear anything weird in the background. But this time, I have quite a bit to say about Mass Effect Andromeda, and hopefully, you guys will enjoy the show. Overall, the game has a very addictive story and gameplay, so I'm finding myself playing quite a lot. <laughs> Sometimes I play so much I forget to uh, play my MMO or watch shows or, you know, pay attention to how much time I have, because I just want to keep playing, because I'm having a super fun time. With Andromeda, there is a new MMO style crafting system. However, you don't really need to craft. You could ignore it entirely and just make extra trips to uh, merchants to sell the stuff you get and then buy whatever it is you want to have because pretty much if you look around enough, you'll find uh, pretty much everything you could uh, craft and or find in the merchant store. It's just a matter of you know, knowing where uh, the thing you want to get is. And even if you do do the crafting system, Not everything can be crafted. Some stuff uh, must be found. And strangely, uh, some stuff you can craft, uh, you also don't have to research, which I'll get into in a minute with the research, which seems kind of strange. I thought that was the whole point of the research and development system. Um, So sometimes it's a little bit confusing as to why (laughs) you can do stuff without researching it. But uh, yeah, I'll get into all of that in a minute. As I said, if you do decide to uh, craft stuff, you will need to research what you can craft. Uh, again, you can't craft everything there is. Uh, you can craft certain things. And those certain things, for the most part, I've only found like, I think one item that wasn't like this, but they will go from rank 1 to 5. And, you know, with all things that are ranked, you have to uh, research the uh, previous rank to get to the next rank, so you Research something at rank 1 and then you can research it at rank 2 and rank 3 and rank 4 and rank 5, provided you are of the level uh, that it requires, which is kind of strange because you would think it wouldn't prevent you from researching it if you were below the level. You would think it would just prevent you from uh, using it or creating it. But I don't know. They've got a lockout on researching it as well, which is kind of strange. Research points are gained by scanning all of the things, which you just click a button and it goes, you know, the scanner comes up and then you just click when you find a thing. Or if you've already scanned the thing, uh, you can just sort of swipe past it really quick and uh, other things of that type will kind of auto scan in. And there are three different sort of research points you get for that. The first one is the Milky Way, which is sort of the old tech that you are already familiar with. The second and third groups, I'm not sure on the names. Um, but I think the second one is Andromeda, which is pretty much all of the uh, new factions except for the Remnant faction, which is the third grouping. And so each of those has sort of weapons of that style, like the Angaran weapons uh, will be in the second category in the Andromeda, and then the, the few things you can research from the Remnant uh, will be in the third category. And when you research stuff, it'll be kind of in three categories broken down by each of the items. And those are weapons, armor, and then augments. Augments are also new to Andromeda. And it's pretty much like each uh, item, not every item, but most of the items, will have anywhere from zero to uh, four augment slots. And then augments are things you put into something when you craft it. So... If you get an item from a drop or from a vendor, it won't have these augments in it. And not everything gets augment slots. Uh, Some only get, uh, you know, two, some get three, some get four, some get none. Like my favorite pistol, the Sidewinder pistol, has no augment slots. So you can't do anything fancy with it when you create it. You can research uh, augments and then, um, I think, develop them, which is the Andromeda word for craft them. You can also just straight up buy augments or find them in the wild. That's where most of my augments come from. I've never actually crafted one except for the super, super rare ones that alter the way an item functions entirely. Like there's one for uh, plasma, which will change your weapon from whatever type of shot it is to plasma-based. That is a super rare one. And those super rare ones, you craft one, and then you get one ever, and then from then on you can't craft it anymore, but you will find it as drop sort of in the wild. So when you develop slash craft something, you use up resources. You will sometimes find in the wild. You know, just click on the node to like mine something, or sometimes when you kill a beast, you'll get sort of organic beasty parts. But your biggest gain for the sort of the mineral-based ones, for sure is sort of the mining minigame, which I think was in the second Mass Effect game. You'll drive around in the Nomad, and you'll find a little uh, mining node area. And then sort of in a radius around the icon for that, uh, you'll get sort of a little ping on a radar, and the, the various types of stuff will go up the meter. And then when it's, you know, pretty much as high as it can be, and it looks good, you drop the mining uh, droid. I guess you could call it this little probe thing, sort of hovers and mines that area. And your mining radar will be sensitive to four different types of minerals. So sometimes you'll want to, like, look for specific ones, and specific ones tend to sort of uh, populate certain areas. Like, I know a couple like to appear on sort of the the flat, rocky ground, and then I know a couple other ones like to be sort of at the peaks of the mountains, so you want to like drive up on a hill or drive up on the side of a mountain and look for that one there. But you'll get the hang of it. it. It's a pretty cool mini game. I like to drive around, sort of drive all crazy and be like, Ooh, where's the minerals? It's pretty fun. I like it. As per any loot-based game, there are now a number of different uh, gear sets. Many of which can be researched and crafted. And they have you know different bonuses. Like the set I'm using is the Pathfinder set. Uh, which has, I think, a little bit of damage reduction and then some uh, weapon stability, I think it is. But other sets I've seen have biotic boosts or tech boosts or a boost to this specific thing. So depending on your style, it's very flexible. You can get different sets. Uh, They're not sets in terms of, like, they give you a set bonus or anything. So you could very easily uh, mix and match different parts uh, from different sets. And then get different bonuses. But I don't know. I think it's probably better just to focus like, on one uh, one direction. Speaking of minigames. There is one new kind of minigame they've added for Andromeda. And this is what I've heard referenced as a Sudoku puzzle. Which I didn't even think of. Because I played Sudoku just very briefly. Way back in the day on the PS4. They had a free downloadable one you could get. That I liked and thought was pretty cool. They aren't super hard uh, from what I've found so far. There's uh, typically a 4x4 grid, and then it's got four icons. And then the tougher one will be like a 5x5 grid, and it'll have five icons. So they don't get super tough. And if you're not into that kind of thing, there are hack tools you can find that just sort of hack the uh, console, and it just, poof, it's done. So you could just avoid the mini game like that, or... You could be like me and just take a little break uh, from all the shooting and do a little Sudoku puzzle. It's kind of a nice break. They don't happen very often. I would guess uh, they happen maybe every hour or so in the early game. But once you've sort of done your main bulk on a planet uh, and you'll kind of hit a stopping point with each planet and then have to go to a different planet and then come back later, they're kind of all sort of front-loaded. Like in the beginning I was doing one fairly frequently and now I haven't probably done one in, I don't know, maybe as long as five or eight hours of play. So they do kind of bulk up at the front, but they are there, so uh, be mindful of that if you are or are not into that kind of thing. They're almost always aligned with the new remnant uh, faction. They'll be like special uh, blocks you need to get past or... Sometimes on like a special crate inside the sort of remnant areas, they'll have that lock on there. Those are super rare. I think I've only found like three crates that were locked like that. Also new for Andromeda, skills and skills and abilities are now unlocked in the sense that you can get uh, whatever you want. You aren't locked into a single class with a single set of here are your abilities. You now have full access to the combat tree, the Biotic tree, and the Tech tree. And you can assign any power from any tree uh, onto your Ability Bar. And then as you level up those trees, you'll unlock sort of the class profile, which will give you certain bonuses and certain abilities uh, while you have that class profile set. So like I am doing mostly Combat and Biotic, and so that puts me into Vanguard And so I'll usually have that set up. But interestingly, you get uh, about six hours into the main campaign, I guess, you'll get to unlock uh, favorites, which are four different preset uh, sort of settings you can use to change these out. So if you have maybe, say, a dozen uh, different active skills uh, to choose from, you could set three up, uh, put the class you want with that, set that as the first favorite, You can pick three different skills, set a different class, and put that as your second favorite. And then in the middle of combat, even, you can switch uh, which favorite you're running with. But it will put all of your abilities into cooldown, so that is sort of the negative downside to that. And since some of those cooldowns are pretty long, I think the longest one I have is like 12 seconds. uh, If it's not, you know, powered up all the way. ones that are powered up all the way are typically, I guess, around 6 or 8 seconds. But you won't be able to do anything for that brief time. And combat does move pretty quickly. So unless you're in a really big combat, there's usually not any point in switching in the middle of combat. Uh, Certainly not like you'd want to switch for this one boss and then, oh, here's another boss coming, you know, 15 seconds later, I want to switch for that boss. You know, you certainly don't want to do that. But it is really powerful and really flexible and really cool that you can do that now. And it seems really odd Uh, That multiplayer is not like that, but I will talk about that uh, in a bit. And I'm not sure about the passive abilities on each tree. I would assume that all of the passive abilities you take are active all the time, because you only have space for the three active abilities. There is no space to slot, uh, you know, I want this passive ability. So I'm assuming they must be running all the time, which seems kind of crazy, but I guess it works out the They must have balanced it, right? So that's pretty cool. Music is very much in that sort of Mass Effect style. And at now 30 plus hours played, uh, none of it's really bothered me. It's all been sort of in the background and very cool. So it must be varied enough uh, that my brain uh, is still enjoying it. So that's very cool. I have several comments about the UI. Uh, Some of them are negative. Uh, Probably most of them are kind of negative. The favorite settings that I mentioned before, that window where you set up your skills and your class and then uh, label it as a favorite, sometimes doesn't quite work right. Maybe it works better on a controller. I'm using PC. But it seems sometimes like I'll set up a different preference and then I want to put it into a favorite and then it goes to the favorite screen and then it's like, oh, you want to put that on the current loadout you have. And it's like, no, you just messed that up. Thanks a lot. So it seems like choosing in terms of I want to use this favorite and I want to set the favorite I have into this favorite slot could use a bit more work. I've just kind of given up on the pickiness of that window, and now I just use the function key. It's function one, two, three, or 4 to sort of switch into that favorite, and then I'll, I'll change my abilities from there and that way I don't have to worry about the weirdness. So you might want to do that too if uh, you are having uh, difficulty with that. The map radar icons could use some work. They have that sort of bar at the top that many games have, but they don't sort of mention distance. I mean, they get slightly larger as you get closer, but they're kind of problematic if you have several up there. You're like, which one am I trying to go to? I don't know. Uh, They're all roughly the same size. But you can set which quest you're following and it'll sort of make that one, I guess, orange and starred instead of just a white marker. So that's uh, something, but it would be nice if it showed, like, distance and such. So you wouldn't have to bring up the main map and go, oh, I'm really far away or, oh, I'm really close to it. The crafting UI could also be improved. It seems like they didn't really troubleshoot that one because it doesn't tell you, like, how many of what item is in your inventory. So you could very easily accidentally craft uh, an armory piece, say, that you already had, and you're like, oh, poop, I didn't think I had that one yet. Or if you're shopping uh, at a merchant and you need a certain amount of minerals, uh, if you don't happen to remember which uh, and how much you needed, you just go, oh, it was the one that I had only a few of. You don't know because the merchant doesn't show. It only shows how many they have and the price you have to go to your side and change a bunch of settings and stuff to look at like what you have to sell to the vendor to figure out how much you have. It could very easily have been streamlined to show it uh, just on the one side. You have this many. They have this many. And then you just see it all right there at once. So that could use some work. Also for weapons on the vendor, uh, in the default sort of show me everything category... Uh, It doesn't show the weapons by sort of what category they are, which I guess isn't terribly important. Usually you can figure it out. But there's pistols, assault rifles, shotguns, sniper rifles, and then submachine guns are actually under pistol. But sometimes, you know, unless you're familiar with the weapons, you won't know if a particular thing is a particular uh, category. Like sometimes some of the uh, submachine guns look like assault rifles. And if you're following the combat tree, that could be kind of important because there are uh level apps for each of those categories. Minor gripe, you know, uh who is going to shop for a lot of weapons like that? I don't know. It's probably not going to trip a lot of people up. But again, it would have been nice to see, you know, the name of the weapon, such and such, and then right under it it says, like, Assault Rifle or, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't show those. So unless you're looking at the merchant and... Uh, You know, going weapons, show me assault rifles, and then, you know, it just shows you assault rifles. You know, you're not necessarily going to know what that weapon is you're looking at. My next big section is animation and graphics. People do look a little bit freaky. There's sort of that uncanny valley effect where it's like super realistic, yet doesn't look realistic. And so you're kind of like, oh, that person looks really cool, but they also look kind of freaky at the same time. I would guess this is primarily due to a change in the engine over to frostbite, as well as something I would guess due to the flexibility of playing really low settings or going all the way up to 4K. So that's probably why that is. I would have preferred more uh, video gamey characters like the previous games, but I get why they're moving forward. You know, this is going to be an engine and something they're going to use for years to come. So you know, why go? Uh, with the minimums when they can have something better. People in reviews are pooping on the facial animations quite a bit. I would say they aren't completely terrible, but quite often they don't quite line up with the sort of level and quality of the voice acting behind the facial animations. The characters, when voiced, are quite emotive, you know, you can you can hear a range of emotions with them. But the facial animations are fairly flat and sort of static. And the characters don't really move around uh, much, you know, in terms of uh, blocking, in terms of moving uh, their body position, or in terms of moving, you know, I'm going to wave my arms like this, or I'm going to turn my head like this. They just kind of stand there. I mean, I guess maybe I am overly forgiving because, you know, I have been playing games for a million years, and I do remember when characters were just a static head, and, you know, a text block would come up next to it. So maybe I'm forgiving for that reason. Uh, Maybe they should be a lot better. But I don't know. Like I said, you know, I'm also 30-plus hours in. Uh, This is not a small game. You know, comparing this to something, uh, you know, of a more typical shooter game that's, you know, over in 10 or 15 hours, you know, they've got a lot less animation work to do in there so they can spend a lot more time making those animations look really good. Whereas in Andromeda... You know, they have to make some sort of generic, oh, do this expression, and then, you know, just apply that to all the characters. As a side note, moving around the galaxy is now pretty redonkulous because it's amazingly beautiful. It's sort of a point of view from the spaceship, and then you say to go somewhere, and then you'll sort of fly around uh, in first-person view through space uh, around the galaxy, and it looks really beautiful to watch. I like it quite a bit. There's also sort of a... Mass Effect 1 style, I think it was, where you can right-click on the planet and you'll get details about its mass and its size and some of its history. So that's very cool if you are into that kind of lore. I have a number of gripes uh, about some of the bugs that there are in the game. People say there's tons of bugs. I wouldn't say there are tons of bugs, but I would say there are enough that they are noticeable. And it does kind of bother me. The first thing is that saves are a little bit odd, When you're in a non-combat area like Nexus or like in a, a safe area on a planet, like an outpost or something, you can pretty much save whenever you want. When you're out driving around on the planet, it seems like there's some areas where you can't save. I would guess this is combat zone based. You know, If you're in a combat area or you're in combat, it will block saving. And in the sort of bigger mission areas, it seems like entire areas are sort of blocked and it will do sort of a old-school console game kind of save, where it's like, here's a checkpoint, I'm going to save you here, but you can't manually save. Oh, you got to the next checkpoint, I will save you here, but you can't manually save. So it seems kind of weird. Um, I would guess this is probably because of the randomized nature of sort of the spawns and how the combat flows now, because it is quite varied. There's a lot of mobility. You can jump around here, jump around there. So it is quite different from previous games where it's like... Previous games funneled you pretty much straight down one area. Now it's like you can go kind of all over. So I would assume it's related to that. Again, some of this stuff is random. So part of that is people will get stuck in certain areas. I have never gotten my character stuck. But sometimes a bad guy will get, you know, sort of flung into this area. And it's like, oh... There he is sort of stuck halfway between those two buildings. I can't kill him now. Thankfully, nothing like terrible has happened from that, but it does seem like a weird bug, or sometimes you know people will be walking upstairs, but they're but they're actually you know walking with their knees cause the character's too low or something. so there's some weird clipping issues sometimes with animations and such. But again, uh, you know I'm willing to forgive it because it is a huge game with a new engine, so little bugs like that I'm willing to forgive. One major bug I found, uh, which thankfully has only happened once, was I was sort of at this really big, massive base, and there's sort of a boss at the end of it. Uh, You beat the boss, and you go into a special room, and you turn off a device, and then you leave, and then that mission is closed out, and that's sort of a, a major turning point for the planet. The first time I got to that, I did the thing, I went in the room, I didn't know there was a device I needed to click or anything, so I just left the room, and then I played for probably four or five more hours after that, and I look back in my quest log and I'm like, oh, that didn't close out, it says kill the remaining guys, so I was wandering around, wandering around, wandering around, killing the guys, and it's like, this still isn't clearing what's going on. So I looked up online and apparently, you know, that's when I discovered you're supposed to go uh, past the boss into the special room and click the thing. So I went back to the base and the room was not accessible because the boss was not there because I had already killed him. So now that whole area was locked out. And so I had to back up to a previous save from a day before, which, like I said, lost me like five or six hours of play. So that was a huge disappointment because I had to redo uh, basically half of the entire planet because that was the closest save I had before uh, doing that boss and getting the glitch there. So that's a pretty major thing. Uh, There aren't a whole lot of posts about it on the forums. There was maybe a dozen people who had posted on it, so it's probably a really rare thing. But again, that's you know hugely disappointing that that would happen. Another bug that's come up. Uh, a number of times, I, I would guess in the four or so hours I played multiplayer, it's come up twice. It hasn't, thankfully, come up on single player, but that is, I'll just be playing, and then I'll hear a and then the sound will be dead. Um, I guess other players can still talk, but like all of the game sounds and the music are muted, like you pulled out a headphone plug. So that was really crazy, because it's like, oh my god, now I'm in this action game and I can't hear anything this is crazy. So that's something uh, they should definitely and hopefully fix soon. And then the last thing that's come up, um, like I said, I played about 30-ish hours. This has only come up like twice. So it's probably something super, super rare. And it might even be something with my system. Uh, Maybe uh, something's getting stuck or something. But it seems like I would get in a conversation. And then, you know, you have that sort of wheel where you can sort of point your pointer at a a conversation choice and then you click the button and then it does that uh, talking for that choice a few times it's come up that it sort of just gets stuck and it just cycles through talking and talking and talking and talking and talking on that one choice and I don't get a chance to like move my mouse away from that and it's really really difficult to back out and save and be like okay I have to restart the game and hopefully that will be fixed so that's super annoying. I don't quite know what's up with that. And, phew, that is all of my super rambly <laughs> thoughts about Mass Effect Andromeda. Like I said, I've played like 30 plus hours so far, so I like it uh, quite a lot. I would even say I love it. Um, I don't know how much I'm in love with multiplayer. Oh, I didn't uh, set up notes for that. Um, Kind of the short answer for that is that multiplayer is basically like Mass Effect 3, It's pretty much exactly like that. Characters are set up in the old school fashion, where you get them sort of as a loot reward. And then each uh, specific character has preset uh, three active abilities and then two passive abilities. And then as you level them up, you spend points in those. Oddly, it is not like single player, where you can just swap out and choose what you want uh i don't know why it's like that other than to uh you know give players uh, those characters as loot rewards and give them uh, an incentive to keep playing multiplayer for that loot but i d- i don't get it it's not like they're going to make a whole lot of sales off that so i would think it would have been better just to make them uh like a single player game where people could just choose what they want and then just leave the loot with uh, you know, weapons and armor. And again, uh, that's another thing, is you don't get armor as a reward. You just get weapons. So that seems really, really weird. And again, you know, as I said with Mass Effect 3, multiplayer, I really think a lot more can be done with it. It's just, uh, as I've heard reviewers call it, horde mode, where it's like everybody charges you or uh, you defend these points and everybody charges you. Or you go from this point to this point. Well, everybody is charging at you. It's like, why don't they do something, you know, more involved? Like, you know, basically uh, an instance for, you know, a four-person group where you go and you're doing basically a mission. You go from here to there and you're doing various things and you're going through the level. I don't understand. Uh, They could do so much more with it. Hopefully they will in the future. They never did for three from what I recall, so... I'm not holding my breath for it. it seems like they just threw it in sort of as an afterthought and and they didn't really care to make it really awesome, which is sad because I do think that will give the game quite a lot of life you know, after you get through the main campaign, which I don't know how far I am. Uh, I think I've heard there's like seven worlds. I'm not sure I've seen like three, so I would guess I'm not even halfway through the game, so there's a ton of play. Uh, But it would be cool to have more uh, multiplayer stuff you could do after the main game. Or, you know, for this odd people who don't actually want to play the main game, they just want to play multiplayer, you know, it'd be really cool to have more uh, cool stuff like that. But overall, I would say, uh, if you are a fan of the Mass Effect series and love it, uh, you will definitely enjoy Andromeda. If you're just kind of meh, and you're like, oh, I don't like that mining minigame, oh, I don't like that space flying around minigame oh i don't like mmo crafting and loot why are you playing it Uh, you should not be playing it if you don't like those things so if you don't like those things and you haven't uh, played previous mass effect games uh, definitely don't play it you know find a friend who has a copy you could borrow and try it out maybe and see if it's your thing certainly by hour 10 you you would know for sure Uh, if you like it. I mean, that's a huge amount of time to invest. That is the one point I would really agree with on some reviewers. You know, if there's a tutorial, it should be like two hours. It shouldn't be like, you know, six or eight hours to get through sort of the for-real tutorial. People should be able to judge it much faster than that. I think the Mass Effect 3 tutorial was like 15 minutes or something. So that seems a bit confusing. They should probably consider streamlining that. But, I mean, if you're used to the Mass Effect pace and style, it makes perfect sense. You know, that's how that pace and style goes. And that's how it continues uh, through the game. So if you find it slow and boring, you're probably not going to want to play the rest of it. But I love it quite a bit. I'm very happy uh, my below-minimum-spec laptop can run it. I've actually been running it at 1920 by 1080 on Medium. Um, I think it's scaling though. There's, uh There's an option that says, like scale value. Uh, it's, so I think it's scaling up from uh, 1280 by 720p instead of, you know, 1920 by 1080. So I'm most certainly not getting the full effect, but it does look good enough that I'm having a really good time with it. And like I said, I love it quite a bit. And like I said, uh, if you were a Mass Effect fan, I think it's worth picking up. From the newsroom. There's not a huge amount of news. Pretty much I only have two bits of news. The first is if you're into Hearthstone, the new expansion is coming out uh, supposedly in mid-April. They haven't given it uh, an official date, but it must be coming up pretty soon because they're sort of doing hype, hype, hype. You know, log in, get some special login rewards towards uh, the launch of the new expansion. So I would think it's sooner rather than later. The bigger news, uh, which is not coming out until September, is Destiny 2, Uh, and the big news about that is it is not just for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but also for PC, which seems kind of crazy, because back in the day, they were like, no, 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 we're not going to do PC, Uh, we don't want PC, we just want consoles, because everybody has the same hardware, and now they're like, oh, we're also releasing for PC. So that makes me wonder if... Uh, maybe they're getting kind of desperate on uh, numbers, and people are like leaving, because why else would they all of a sudden be like, "Oh, we're also coming for PC." And one thing that does kind of bug me about it, and I haven't kept up on the news on this, but it seemed like back in the day they were kind of implying that they wanted you to have like this bungee account, and that your character's progress and history would count, you know, for all of their ten-year plan. And now with Destiny 2, they've said, oh, we're going to wipe the characters. We're going to wipe your history. You're not going to keep any of your progress from the previous game. You know, it'll still be there if you play the previous game. But in Destiny 2, everybody's going to be starting over. And I'm like, wait, what? So all of the, you know, days of play time people have on this game, that they're not going to count in Destiny 2 at all? So... I am curious how many, um, you know, sort of uh, continued sales they're going to get. Like, if I had money for it, I would be very on the fence of maybe I'll get it. Uh, you know, it's not kind of my thing because it is really repetitive. Uh, all of the instances are set. You know, you know exactly where the bad guys gonna come out every time. And I think I finished the first one in like, 12 hours I got through the main campaign, so that's not a lot of campaign time, and like with Mass Effect Andromeda, I love, you know, campaign and story stuff, that's why I play these games, I don't just play it because it's a solid shooter, I play it because there's a cool story, and it's really interesting to hear the story and the lore and all that stuff, so I don't know, Uh, I might look at news of Destiny 2, but I have no plans to pick it up Uh, Even if I had money, I would probably be very questionable about why uh, should I pick this up. So I don't know. Uh, I I might uh, put out more news about it in the future. But I thought that was a big enough uh, change in sort of their uh, previous uh, plans and what they were sort of projecting their image as to sort of change uh, seemingly very drastically. Uh, So um, for people into Destiny... I guess that's very good news. It's in, like, September? I don't think there was an exact date uh, yet, but that's, like, really soon as well. That kind of surprises me that they would be like, Surprise! We're launching the game in six months. It's like, wait, what? Uh, Why is this all of a sudden? I don't know. So that seems very curious and interesting news. And that's all the news for this time. So that's it for this week's podcast. For those who don't uh, read my sad epic fail story online, things have gotten pretty terrible. I don't know if I mentioned last time, uh, I must have, that my car insurance uh, yearly membership double-charged me, and so that put me overdrawn, and they still have not given me my money back yet. So I was basically going to be completely out of gas and walking and as of today, I'm down to like five dollars in my food money uh, account, so that is also terrible because I don't have money for gas or food. And that is horrible. That's just ridiculous that it's been three weeks now uh, that they've had my money and not given that back yet, because that would be like, I don't know, 75 or 80 bucks that I should have. Uh, that they've got blocked up because they overcharged me, which is ridiculous. But today at school, uh, somebody brought me some money as sort of a surprise gift. Uh, So that is very cool. I put uh, most of it into gas and have a little bit for it for food to to be sure I make it to the 6th uh, when I get my food money again. So I should maybe probably be okay (laughs) Until uh, my money comes, because the bank said it can take up to 30 days, which I just think is total BS. You know, if somebody's going to overcharge me and reversing the charge takes up to 30 days, just give me my stupid money back normal and, you know, not reverse it. Just like be like, oops, we overcharged you. Here's your money back. And, you know, just give it back to me immediately. Because that's some BS. That should not be like, oh, We're going to just put it in this bank cycle and maybe it'll be five days. Maybe it'll be 30 days. We don't know. That's just... That's not acceptable. I don't know. If I get bad on gas again, I'm I'm probably going to report it to the Better Business Bureau if it gets to more than 30 days because that is completely unacceptable. So that has been really extremely horrible and extra stressful on top of all of my normal stress. And... Um, I don't know if that's why I'm starting to get really horribly sick. Because that, I'm certainly losing sleep over it. I'm losing like three hours of sleep a night that I should be getting. Which is ridiculous. So my otherwise normally terrible life is like the worst ever lately. But hopefully I'll be okay. I try and hang on and hope that help and opportunity and change will come. And you know hopefully someday I will have better days again, and I don't know what I'll talk about next time uh hopefully I'll find something to talk about because that was my big thing to talk about, but hopefully everybody had a good time, and hopefully I'll see everybody next time okay thanks bye. Uh, the thing you want to get is... And even if you do the... Do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, which has, I think... Uh, de- uh, yeah. You know, you know exactly where the bad guys can come out every time. And I think I... I think I... I think I, I... You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation... You can find the show website at www.rabbit.com podcast rabbitsramblings.html When you type rabbits, ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at RabbitDOT.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type Rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons Attribution Non Derivatives License 2017.